Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy-Taylor. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hello. Now, some things went down the other day, which we've only started talking about in the office. In regards to uh, some chap from Disney was at the DICE 2020 Summit, um, executive uh, Sean Shoptor, and he gave a little a little speech about how um, you know various properties that Disney now own, which is just everything <laughs> at this point, um, could become games in the future. Now, he cited um, Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and the Spider-Man game from 2017 um, as an example of what to do and he said that they're looking for really unique things going forward. Um, so we thought we'd break all that stuff down and we can suggest some different properties that we think would be done well in game form. But I kind of want to just open the floor up to the general discussion on what do you guys think about this general movement? Can I just say first that yes. they did this before, didn't they? And then they <laughs> ended up kill it, killing, like taking the big old stick to all these games, Amy Henning's game. Uh, oh, God, Victoria. yeah. So this is, they did this before. Drag Tag and 1313. These all sound, literally, these all sound boring and we're just going <laughs> to kill them because we can't monetize these to hell. Mm-hmm. Then they realize, oh, wait, Fallen Order has actually sold something. So now we're going to get hopefully a wave of actual games again the thing is like and this is the thing that stands out to me and I'm going to be the most old grumpy man ever but like I just don't believe them I don't believe them at all and like the whole thing when he's like oh we cite really really unique things then he cites two of the most spreadsheet tick box games that we've had in recent memory I know you're cringing to hell JB Josh Brown but I just like if you're citing like Spider both games are great and I had a really great time with them but I can't point to a single unique mechanic that is in either of them and both of them are really forgettable as well I well I disagree with that they're forgettable Mm. I agree that they take the base sort of mechanical structure of other games and do it really well, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. when he's talking about creating and doing unique things, for me, that's entirely with the story. Like, you can mm. talk about how little risks Insomniac took with the gameplay portion of Spider-Man, but the way they, you know, redefined the Spider-Man mythos with their own take on it, mm-hmm. having an older Peter Parker introducing his rogues gallery in a different way essentially putting their own spin on that story that we all know and love so much when they didn't have to do that they could have played it so safe just giving us the exact beats that we've all seen before you know Uncle Ben's death the origin story (laughs) Peter Parker as a teenager we've seen that in media before and they chose not to do that and I think it's the same with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order even though the core gameplay of that is very Souls-like it's very God of War inspired um, its story for me is the best part like you can talk about how Cal Kestis is kind of a little bit forgettable but taking place 
place between those two films, episode three and episode four, mm. and then going into Order 66 in a way that I haven't seen personally is only a fan of the movies. Even all the games have taken place in that you know time period, but they never, they've never done it as well. They've never given you a story, I don't think, with the depth of Fallen Order. It's, no, I mean, it's a hell of a split. You need to try and get it right, though. It's funny because... Up until like the recent expansion of all like the Star Wars like comics and books and everything, sixty six was just seen as like oh that happened, mm. but now we're kind of seeing like the fallout of that and how it like really affected some people mm-hmm. like with Carl Kestis, Carl Kestis's master can't really pin a name right now, but like he's a cool how, dude. How they went through and like losing all of your Padawans and like all your friends being murdered and everything mm-hmm. like that, and just the whole. It, it wasn't just a quick one and done. It was also a slow gradual thing of them being hunted down mm. and the idea of you playing someone. You never really do get the fear of like, oh, I could be hunted at any moment. I wish that kind of was maybe in the game. Mm. Yeah, but, I think for me, it's it's that wider sense of like that idea of gameplay being the thing that is, like I said, it's almost like spreadsheet. It, it's expected. You know what you're going to get. And I that's one of the questions I have for both of you is like, um, are you okay with sort of the gameplay side of it being like solid and reliable and enjoyable? You know exactly what you're going to get. And then the story side is more experimental because for me the story side of it the narrative the themes that's all things that play into the film medium and if you're going to come into gaming then I need you to do something that justifies it being a game oh see for, for me it's it's fine for them to take established formulas and just do it really well because for a lot of these properties Spider-Man included I haven't seen anything that polished before mm-hmm. I was talking to you before we came in a lot of the properties we've had before whether it's Marvel or Star Wars or whatever there's been a lot of good ones in there don't get me wrong but for the most part I'd argue a lot of them were kind of 5 out of 10 they weren't very polished they had the basic beats of what you want but not to the level of production that you can get now that Marvel have sort and even AEA to their credit have sort of you know they, they've pumped a lot of resources into these games and they are extremely polished in, mm. in my opinion very satisfying they might not bring much new to the table you know mechanically speaking but the way they refine what's already out there is enough for me like I never got bored playing Jedi Fallen Order I never right. got bo- bored playing Spider-Man for me I really genuinely like like Spider-Man's combat, even though it is, you could argue, modeled on the Arkham um, style of, you know, fighting. Super similar, yeah. It is, yeah, but like the way it's more, it's much more agile and it's much more, for me, it's a bit more satisfying because you can link a lot of different moves together. You can go from the ground to vertical Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, it's not exactly new, but I would argue that I had a lot of fun with it. My thing, I think it's just me being like, like I said, being old man, cynical man, is that like when I played through Spidey, I was like, this is brilliant, this is immaculate. What, what are you doing that's new? And I always focus on that. And I think sometimes to my own detriment, because it, it does get in the way sometimes of like, you know, like holistic view on Spider-Man is that it's an incredibly solid game, um, obviously. But it's just like, yeah, I kind of want them to, to always be pushing forward. Um, and I remember there's a, a quote, because a lot of this was written up by Eurogamer, but I had uh, an interview with one of the developers on Jedi Fallen Order um, just before that game came out. And I said, how much do you have to bounce everything off Lucasfilm? And he went, oh, mm. and he was like literally everything. Um, and it's it's re- it's reiterated in the Eurogamer piece as well. Um, and they talk about how, um, you know, if they, if a, a given developer wants to do something new on the story side, on the gameplay side, they have to sit down with someone from, in Star Wars' case, it was Lucasfilm, um, and find a middle ground. Um, and I think it's another thing that I bring to the table, my personal qualm with it is I don't trust Disney to not over uh, micromanage every single part of it. Mm. Um, and I, I think Last Jedi was the last time you got a really fresh, like it, Last Jedi is ostensibly an indie film. 
with a with a big budget. And I, I think I love that Ryan Johnson was able to do it, even though millions of people didn't like it, and I didn't either. But on the game side, I think Last Jedi was the last time they tried that, and I just don't think they'll let it happen again. The problem is, uh, so many of the old Star Wars games, <clears throat> like were interesting because they could do mm. what they want mm-hmm. like harking back to the Jedi Knight series you could play as like Kyle then Kalkatan or then in Academy hit one of his Padawans and you could actually have engaged in fights with people that were also force sensitive and lightsabers but what they the problem is with Fallen Order that I will always harken back to is like I'm just fighting a couple of like guys with um, electric sticks mm-hmm. and every now and then a purge trooper like I would have liked to have more purge troopers or more like that but I guess they need to make them seem as rare and they can't just fill the mythos with like all these other random Sith that were just there for a moment. Mm -hmm. And that is probably the biggest problem that it's like getting the old man hat on. I think that's totally fair. Like they can't be like, they can't be excited with it because they can't then go, well, the films like is we get a bit weird now. Luke Skywalker was the only hope. Right, Luke Skywalker yeah. was the only hope, and then there was another. But then there's also seven hundred Jedi mean, and all these other stories. I, like, I was gonna say as well. Like, how much do you think they're yeah. always only ever gonna be playing to the biggest fan base possible? Like the all like you mentioned before about like you know the gameplay side being fine, like it being like serviceable enough. Well, for me, that's the approach that they've taken with Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and all these different remakes that for me feel completely soulless compared to the passion that was in the originals. Mm. Um, and I don't want that corporate just churn it out mentality applied to gameplay formulas and yeah. things like that. Well. I think in, in the comments that the the person made at Dice, like I, I want to believe that they're going to be more open and they're mm. going to let people do what they want. I think even though we've talked about Star Wars quite a lot, I do think that's quite an anomaly because right. everything in the Star Wars universe when it comes to the games, it's supposed to be canon. It's supposed to continue a story that already exists. Whereas presumably you'd get to the other properties like the Marvel games or anything that um, you know Disney has acquired by Fox and you would assume that there's more freedom because it's not part of a yeah, continued universe. universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to developers and I think that's what they were getting at going to developers yep. saying look what do you want to do with these properties you can kind of go nuts with them unless you're Star Wars yeah I think because um, Benro you mentioned like uh, before we recorded that the, there was that really great period across the 2000s where there were tons of different Star Wars games yeah. everything from top down strategies to Starfighter Bounty you know, Hunter Bounty Hunter which yes. I absolutely love KOTOR and like loads of different games and I do you think that that will be revived again I think as soon as we get out of this period of we're going in between the films and literally going over every single day of Darth Vader's existence. <laughs> mm. uh, when we go ahead of episode nine or before episode one, mm. I think we'll get more of that sort of like creativity that the developers want and they can do more with mm-hmm. because at the moment it's, it's so rigid and constricted. I guess now we might even get some more interesting stuff between uh, three and four because I think Disney and now when they look off into like say ahead or beyond, they won't be as picky Mm. but I think we're going to have to get out of the era of those nine films to really get something special I think the thing that sticks out to me and again one of the, the main comparisons for me is, is obviously Hollywood like the amount of uh, different projects and things that Disney have got their tendrils stuck into and how much you could feel that in Rise of Skywalker again as a Star Wars example but I take that as a I mean you can you can even look at like I said like Aladdin and Jungle uh, Lion King and well Jungle Book 2 and all those kind of things and they they feel corporately designed they feel like okay this is designed for maximum engagement all that kind of stuff and it, it robs it from the creativity and the passion that was there before. I kind of feel like some of them, like some of the older games were as well. Because like even mm. like Jedi Star, if Jedi Starfire and Starfire, they were both taking place around episode one and two. So mm. like you were like peeping in and out of the films, 
like I would prefer a game to maybe peep in and out of the films in, in sort of that way. But peeping and creeping. Yeah, like, <laughs> all right there. All right, hello, I'm in the background for five seconds. I'm, you know, when Luke kicks that guy into the side, like I was over there shooting another guy. I would kind of take that though. At least that's something that is more unexpected. I think, yeah, it's the problem with like, we people want a Jedi game. Jedi game is going to be fun. But yeah. One, don't make it just like a glorified light tube. And two, it, there's the big problem of like saying Luke Skulker was the only Jedi ever and then we keep putting more and more mm. and more and oh more survived it's like it just makes it less special I think as well like, like I said in regards to how many how much they have for me this like suffocating approach to stuff is that they want to have this one unified vision for their properties and obviously they, they wiped out all the um, all the canon stuff all the, all the extra stuff for Star Wars um, do you think that's going to be a problem in the gaming space as well they'll have all these visions for they want these IP to be going forward in the movie space the TV space they want everything to be one thing I, I don't think so because like I said I think Star Wars is an anomaly that is one supposed to be one cohesive thing mm. that's uh, multimedia whereas you know the other properties aren't you have things like the remakes which obviously they need to play into what people are nostalgic for they need to hit the beats of what are already out there mm. but a lot of their other properties I think do have the space to be original you mentioned there like the corporate shadow hanging <laughs> over everything and I do think that's true obviously uh, it's with something as big as Disney this you know wannabe monopolistic force is going to want to create as much money as possible and that's by creating corporate uh, mass multi, uh, mass appeal like products they're going to aim for the widest audience possible mm -hmm. but I think even some of the movies they've created you can see that even though that framework can be suffocated you can still be creative under there like mm -hmm. a lot of the Pixar stuff for my money is really interesting and you've got stuff like Inside Out or you've got yeah. Coco and they are really mass appeal movies but they tell really resonant stories and do really interesting things and are supported by creative and passionate people with original ideas mm -hmm. so I do think even though something might be you know corporate that doesn't always necessarily mean that any genuine originality or passion will be immediately snuffed out no i mean the, the thing is like when they it's the if they get big enough then it's that the um the bankability is already within the ip and it frees the the creative side up to do something new you can't just keep scraping the barrel over and over and over again it's, it's going to become obvious in time I, um, that's where star wars kind of is at the minute i the books have done it so well recently mm. that the games i feel are going to get there i feel like this is just like say we're in the Force Awakens period of games where they're just being safe. Right. But I can't wait till we get to the period of like with the start with with the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, where we get to say like uh that Lord of the Rings game that came out a little while ago, which I can't remember. Uh, a little while ago. What Shadow of Mordor? Shadow of Mordor yeah. and Alien Isolation that both yes. came out the same year. Like taking existing franchises and like either doing something like safe or doing something sort of new, like Alien Isolation was literally just a was a 14 hour alien film mm -hmm, that still worked and uh, Shadow of Mordor was just taking the Lord of the Rings sort of staple but like putting an Assassin's Shadow Creed of, yeah. sort of tinge on it totally yeah and like Tomb Raider kind of combat kind of thing oh with the bow and arrow stuff yeah. but the um, Shadow of War then made it then was the worst microtransaction film I didn't bag know. of yeah. hell but because um, we can talk about some IPs that would be that are yet to be done well in games and you guys mentioned Alien for Aliens before we came in and um, obviously the, the speaking of Shadows as well Colonial Marines is obviously hanging over that I think for as good as Alien Isolation was it didn't really undo the the, um, the tarnished sort of name of Alien games. Um, but would Alien be the top of your guys' lists and what needs to finally be given the, the right treatment? I think so. Ben Roy makes a really great point there about Alien Isolation because mm. even though the gameplay of that is more or less first-person horror game 101, 
that thing was lauded because it made the Aliens world, like especially Ridley Scott's original, feel so tangible. Mm-hmm. And it was such a fearful recreation that we haven't seen to that level of fidelity before. And that's what I mean when it comes to sort of these properties. And they can be corporate because that's essentially, you know, just selling you Alien in a video game form. <laughs> but it's done so well that right. I kind of don't mind. You can get away with that once and then hopefully mm-hmm. do something original after that. But for a lot of these properties, Alien Isolation is such an anomaly because, yeah, you've got Aliens vs. Predator, which is quite good. You've got Aliens Colonial Marines, which is a bag of balls. Yeah, and big sweaty balls. Big sweaty balls. I know people are also good. Like, people listen to this. Go, Alien vs. Predator was quite good. Yeah, it was quite Wait good. Wait a minute, yeah, which one do you guys mean? Because you're younger than me. Do you mean the, the original three, AVP? Uh, no, we talk about the 360, aren't we? Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Did you ever play the multiplayer? The multiplayer yeah, yeah, was the, mad. Oh, like, was all that, but that was just a copy of the original AVP. Yeah, I know, but it was Which was phenomenal. Fun. Like, the horde mode of you, like, was it six people or seven people versus mm. a few aliens? Yeah. And then as you got Ian, like, more and more aliens appeared. That mode was awesome. Ben Roy, one of my favorite ever multiplayer stories, which I'm dying to tell in a chatty face, Ooh. happened in Aliens vs. Predator. Really? Where it was that mode where you start off with a bunch of marines and then slowly one by one there's more aliens <laughs> as they get uh, taken over. It's excellent. Stuff like um, the Friday the 13th game and obviously we're getting Predator Hunting Grounds. If they did an AVP, like a free-to-play, you know, that style game, that would work incredibly well. Um, you know, there are gameplay formulas to lean, lean on with that. Because um, when we were coming in, we were talking about different like Fox properties that, like I said, are, are yet to be done super well in games. And I cited Planet of the Apes because I love that new trilogy. Oh, yes. Um, it's genuinely brilliant. Um, but the only <laughs> game that uh, that the new series got was this weird Telltale-style choose-your-own-adventure type thing, um, which was really, really short. What? I just forgot that existed. I now you know it came in. I know, but I completely forgot it, was, it existed in that time. Then then and now. Grabs a bit. <laughs> I thought that was from the movie. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, they um, they made, and it, that's the thing. No one knows about it. It's called Planet of the Apes Lost Frontier. Um, and, yeah, you play as the humans for a bit, then you play as the apes for a bit. You have to make some decisions that affect both sides. The thing is, it's very railroaded. As much as they give you decisions, uh, it, it has to go to a very specific end. It's also really, really short. Um, but if you want to get a feel for why that new trilogy matters, which is the philosophy of humanity coming through this primitive society developing and what's right and wrong and killing and everything else, which I love, um, that you can get that from that game. But my point was, it depends what they do with the IP. Because um, I, the cynic in me just goes, well, you're just going to find a way to cash in as much as possible on as many things as possible, as fast as possible. Um, and, you know, something like the Planet of the Apes thing, that came before the merger. So it's like, I can't escape the, sh- the, the Disney corporate tendril shadow, or, you know, Lovecraftian beast that mm. I view Disney as at the minute. Um, but that might be different for you guys. I wouldn't mind the nice little double A style, you know, mm. Plague Tale sort of style, but like Planet of the Apes, so that sort of budget. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if you could ever warrant like, say, I don't know why I think of Horizon Zero Dawn as well, like a bigger world sort okay. of thing. I tell you what stands out to me is uh, Netflix's renewed approach to it. Now, I'm not just mentioning this because I adore the Dark Crystal, but they've also done it with uh, the third season of Stranger Things. That got a game. Um, it was a pixel pixel art, top-down, uh, almost dungeon crawlery type thing. Uh, but Netflix obviously licensed that. And like obviously, uh, Netflix are a huge deal right now. Maybe they're thinking of that as well. Like, um, you know, putting things out that can directly contend with the amount of Netflix properties that will now be getting games. Um, I don't know if that's like something that appeals in general because we, when we were growing up it was always you got a game alongside the movie yeah um, I, I, I would I guess I would like that mentality to come back yeah I mean because I, I think there's so much space to tap into different genres when it comes to that you can mm. have sort of top down isometric games you can have first person shooters you can 
they're so malleable, these franchises, like you, like you said, with Planet of the Apes. You can look at just that sort of, you know, property and cash in on it and make money. But it's what you do, it's how you mm. flex within those frameworks. And I haven't seen the the latter two Planet of the Apes movies, but... If, Josh, man! I know, I'll get to them at some point. But if the most interesting part is those philosophical discussions, if, the, if you can do that in a Planet of the Apes movie, which, mm. you know, they've tried to reboot a bunch of times before and succeeded here, people loved that revitalized franchise because of the new things it brought to the mm. table, because of how well it was executed. Like, I do think you can have... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, properties that will not die. I don't want to defend a big company like Disney, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not on their side inherently, but I do think you can get creative people to come in and do creative things with properties that already already exist mm-hmm. that you didn't even know you wanted. I was going to say, like, from, sorry, from the list that I've got there, like, you guys can pick whatever you want to talk about from there. For me, uh, something like Daredevil stands out. Uh, if we're going to sort of go down, like, what Marvel properties they haven't done anything with, if they just did the Spidey formula with Daredevil, you can nigh on copy the combat. You just need to do some sort of cool mechanic with uh, with like his vision modes and stuff um, but you know there's potential there too as someone who's been playing for Uncharted go on oh, I, oh, you know what I want go on Indiana Jones mate oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Indiana Jones Ben Roy yeah uh, I mean <laughs> I mean, you're very confused there you know, give me either basic style Uncharted 1 Indiana Jones or maybe you even give me Uncharted 4 style where I can Look. drive around a bit with Sean Connery in my sidecar oh, going around good. the desert <laughs> and he's going Junior what are you doing and I'm like, Dad I'm just trying to find 
find something. <laughs> You'll probably get a VR experience to like ease <laughs> things. That's what I was saying about the um, the shared universe stuff. They could do an, a, a new indie TV show. They already have the Harrison Ford movie coming up if they tie it in with a, just, with a game. Just give me an Indiana Jones game, uh, semi like wide linear. Let's call it wide mm. linear, like, like open world because open world. It's the thing is, there was an old Indiana Jones game on uh, PS2 where I remember the, literally the running headline at the time in some magazine at the time was that his hat could get knocked off in combat and he had to run over and pick it up and put it back on again, <laughs> yeah. which was in uh, Red Dead 2. I was like, oh my God, it's the Indiana Jones, the hat tech. I think that's one of the first things I ever searched on the internet when we finally got a PC. <laughs> the hat tech. Just like the Indiana Jones game. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, that, that's what I was going to ask about, because um, Uncharted very much like pioneered that style of third person um, expert action adventure type thing. I mean, you've got it from everything from Tomb Raider to Horizon. If they did an Indiana Jones game, do you think they would just play into that formula? Well, this is what's fascinating to me mm. about all of these properties is that so many games have ripped them off already. There right. are so many games that have ripped off Aliens that when an Aliens game comes out, it feels derivative and done. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it feels like because everyone's already mimicked what made that so good in video game form. Mm-hmm. So I, in a way, I'd quite like to see these franchises come back and take the template of, you know, Indiana Jones and Uncharted. Like, this is ours. And be like, no, right, you know what? You've ripped this off. I'm going to do this properly. <laughs> I'm going to uh, make the best Indiana Jones game you've ever that seen. That is the thing that I think sways me, actually, is that, like, yeah, they, they are the authority on it. And for, like you said, as much as, like, they inspired certain tropes and, and like, yeah, like uh, thematics and stuff, like, there is there is still a space for them to come in and go, no, this is ours. This is why it matters. Alien Isolation is one of the best first-person horror games, like, of the generation, and it means more because it's alien, hmm. even though it's, like, this weird nebulous, like, amount of quality that we're putting on it, but it does mean more, quote-unquote. I, I think the indie thing could work a bit more because it's, there's, like, no modern technology, obviously, mm. in Indiana Jones, and mm. I feel like you don't have to worry about the restrictions for, like, say, walkie-talkies or cell phones or things like that, mm-hmm. and you can just proper go into, like, just... Yeah, we can have the Nazis in there. We don't necessarily need them in there. We could just go a Temple of Doom style game. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. fight Mr. Kyle Mark. Um, what other properties do you guys think need still need to be done in, or are yet to be done properly X-Men, in X-Men, game form? X Men, X Men, X Men, okay, okay, X Men, X Men, X Men. But uh, like, can we do X Men Origins though? Ah, uh, Magneto, mate. I want, Mag- <laughs> I want Magneto's day out. That's Control. Control is like is the Magneto. Uh, game. How about I just want Control and Magneto then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, the, the bit in uh, in control when you finally uh, unlock the uh, the sort of um, the science experiment suit, and I was like, this is literally like a Dark Phoenix kind of game, <laughs> just looking like an ex ex woman going around destroying everything with uh, particle physics. But then, would it be would the X Men game eventually just be like a look as bland as that Avengers game? Oh. oh well, I wasn't going to mention that because for me that's the epitome of everything that's, that could go wrong. Is yeah. that yeah? I, I mean, I I think well, me and Ben Roy are the same on Avengers where we think it looks really lame. I think you're more positive on it, Joe. Ah, uh, slightly. Right. But I've I've other reasons for liking what they're doing, but I'll let you. Okay. Well, yeah. I was just <laughs> that's the thing. I, it, it's just me being old grumpy man again. But I I just don't see it doing anything new. I think it, yeah. I see it being another six slash seven out of ten and just going like, yep, that was fine. That was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it'd be fifty done. quid as well, maybe fifty five. Well, of course, it'll, yeah, it'll yeah. be like you know, it'll be fully priced. It'll cash in. There'll be a microtransaction model. It'll have an online multiplayer. It'll be a platform for content. It'll be all the stuff pre-order for those new outfits. Well, exactly, and they already look pretty lame as well. But like, <laughs> you know, it, that's the thing. That's my yeah. fear. The, the only distinction for me is with that is I'd rather, at least when it comes to Spider-Man or the Avengers, mm. it's Marvel taking a step back and going, "Look, we want to try and do these properties justice. We're going to give them to good developers. Mm. We're going to give them the time and resources they need to make something, and that might not always turn out well. You know what? We get so many bad games every single year <laughs> just because you have every 
eat all the good ingredients on paper, it doesn't mean it's going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. But that approach is so much better than what we used to have, where it was, look, I'm going to give this to this B team. You're going to have to rush it out in six oh, months yeah, for, yeah. The, for the to coincide with the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get anywhere with that, at least with this new approach. Yeah, you might get bad games still. Of course, you're still going to get bad games. Mm-hmm. But the potential to make something special is much higher in my I opinion. I tell you what I really want, because th- yeah, you're totally right. When when in the olden in the olden days of the two thousands, <laughs> um, it was always the case that like uh, a game studio was given the assets alongside shooting of the film, and they had to try and crunch game development into a film pro- uh, turnaround, and it just never really worked. Was the only outlier back back in the day, back in, back in the early two thousands, <laughs> yeah. the only outlier those Lord of the Rings games, Two Towers and Return of the King. Uh, they were sick. Return of the King's one of the best. Kind of, I, I mean, played. yeah, a lot of the like the Lego games kind of worked, I guess. But I, I mean, I don't know. If I went back through it like one by one, there's probably are more, but they stand out the most. Yeah, the yeah. old EA Lord of the Rings games were phenomenal. Um, I think it's because they had access to the assets way before shooting. Plus, Peter Jackson actually planned that thing out way more yeah. than the average film does. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, one of the the happy mediums for me. Uh, I mentioned the Strangest uh, Stranger Things stuff before, because um, apparently the Dark Crystal game is not very good. But uh, the Mummy game, the Mummy Demastered, um, that worked in regards to applying the old school mentality of getting a game studio to turn it around in the same amount of time as a film um, by just applying indie style budgetary restraints or indie style production. Um, and you know, and the, and the Mummy Demastered is like an ace Metroidvania. 2D scrolling thing and that totally worked and obviously the movie bombed um, but do you think that would kind of work as well like they're on about doing like brand new experiences you can kind of arguably do more in those time frames yeah. if you had a more indie style approach definitely I mean you've seen that with I haven't actually played the game but mm. John Wick Hex is it oh called? my god John Wick Hex is so much felt my chair John Wick <laughs> Hex is brilliant yes that's well, so go. good yeah. that took forever to come out but it's great yeah I mean I, again I've only seen people play it but oh, that Josh, looks it's like so good, really mate. inspired um, way to take that franchise and you know what that's yeah. why I was saying only about genres these brands are so malleable and you can apply it to so many different you know interesting subgenres and styles of gameplay that you don't just have to have the big you know mega mm. mass appeal third person shooters action game live services yep. you can have John Wick Hex yep. or The Mummy Demastered alongside the bigger releases I think I take it all back I think <laughs> if they I think depending on what they do like I said I, I plan, it depends what they use the IP for John Wick Hex is such a good idea a good, a, a good application of that IP because yeah on the surface it could be this really plain division style shooter but it's not. It's a turn-based thing where you're burning parts of your meter to do a dodge roll and then duck under a thing and then return fire and take a guy out with an expert, like, you know, haymaker. That game's brilliant, to be honest. I want to play it now. It's so good. It's not anywhere other than, like, Steam. But I play it on Mac and it runs at one frame an hour, but it's really good (laughs) for when it works. Um, But, yeah, in regards to, um, like, wider franchises, Ben Rogers, do you have any more you wanted to throw in that you'd love to see (sighs) in HD? At this point, I think I'm happy with just my... Is it f- uh, fancy of Predator, mm. Alien, and Indiana Jones? Because I mean, like, <laughs> we could go into, like, say, do I want to have a Die Hard film or a movie, or do I want to have a Die Hard I tell game? You what, right? In- after, after that, Die Hard 5. Yeah. yeah, yeah, five's the latest I'm one. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's definitely done. But if but if they did a Arkham Asylum style diehard game, uh, obviously I'm citing a formula to like visualize it. But if they did like a really enclosed, intense, the raid, Judge Dread as movie comparison style uh, story, you could do a diehard game like that. You'd have to make it all about crafting components and stuff to like yeah. make it so he has to like acquire his assault rifle halfway through and stuff. Would be kind of sick though. Like Maybe. I would take that. And I don't think there even needs to necessarily be a new movie alongside these properties. That's mm. the beauty of them. Like. The, the groundwork is already there a video game version of any of these would sell alone as long mm-hmm. as you do something interesting with them and yeah you can have a tight die hard thing where you're going down the is it Nakatomi Plaza? it is Nakatomi Plaza like get, making your way around that building mm-hmm. make it even Metroidvania style if you want to 
Fucking oh my god, places. a side-scrolling John McClane Metroidvania. I'd Maybe do. everything in Metroidvania. Maybe. I'd just be fine. John Wick Hex Metroidvania. I might I take it. that as well. Um, I was going to say that um, it reminds me of in the late 2000s when EA started using all their money to make video game sequels to movie properties. And the we had all that. Like, we had James Bond. There was Bloodstone. There was uh, Everything or Nothing. Uh, the Simpsons game. There was like... But, and then outside of EA, you had the Scarface game that just pretended that he didn't die at the end. He was fine. <laughs> he had to go get his empire back. And um, the game was great. Um, Godfather but was good. God, well. Godfather oh, too. Good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like there was that whole mandate back then. I know it's because it was before Andrew Wilson, but when they you know still had like a heart. But yes. like, um, sorry, Android Wilson. Good. That's very good. That yeah. I stole that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Games as a platform, Wilson. And um, yeah, I think I, I mean ideally that would be what I would want them to go back to, where experimentation and, and genre um, diversity is at the forefront. I I think you spot on. I think mm. I want I want to see that with more resources and more time because mm-hmm. you look at some of those games you mentioned, everything and nothing that James Bond game it was so good. That's the best one. It was amazing. And even From Russia With Love was a great faithful recreation of a it. movie I've never actually seen. I but I love the Night game. Fire was also amazing. I haven't seen it. Nightfire Night Night going Fire. for a year. Yeah, yeah, putting that up there that it's, it's just Goldeneye, better than Goldeneye. A lot of people cite Goldeneye, bit of a thing. I, I reckon it holds up there. It's probably I'm better, not allowed to swear on this podcast. It's probably, so let's it's probably better, on. Josh. Um, this is what I feel when you've not played something from my childhood. Like Planet of the Apes. Ah, what, you, what Planet <laughs> of the Apes game from your childhood? Yeah, you're not wrong. The, um, <laughs> the top-down Home Alone one, though. There was a good Game Boy one as well. Uh, Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes. Yeah, well, based on Mark Wahlberg's version. Oh, my God. It was bad and hard, but I played it I'm a lot. Sorry. Have you played that more than you've seen the new movies? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm sorry. Go on. Ba- back in Attitude Era, we can, oh, I, I, even got, <laughs> I even got the choice of a few PlayStation 2 or 1 games or like a Game Boy game. Okay. I wasn't picking Game Boy games. I you should have been. Nah. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know where this Planet of the Apes game came from because I wouldn't have bought it. And yeah. I don't know well, who would have bought it for me. Well, because they, they, on the movie side, they said that they're doing more movies again. And it's just like, no, let it end. The end of uh, Rise I, is phenomenal. Just don't do anything else with spin it. Spin off, but we should just let more Resident Evil movies come out and then get a good oh. old Resident Evil game. We definitely don't need more Resident Evil movies. As a closing thing uh, in terms <laughs> of uh, game studios and teams and stuff, uh, my shout is to, like I said, is to give these properties to actually smaller teams, give them to indie teams, let them go crazy with it and then your 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 um, money invested on Disney side uh, is way less and if it happens to bomb, then whatever. You've not, you, it doesn't discourage them from trying more things. Um, I, I want a Stranger Things 3, John Hex, uh, The Mummy Demastered, Dark Crystal, I want that approach to it because I keep mentioning Dark Crystal, but that game is a turn-based XCOM style thing, which is not at all what I thought they would do hmm. for a um, you know all ages appropriate uh, Netflix action show, uh, fantasy show. Um, what do you guys think in terms of like what dreams? Who, what level? What um, caliber of studio do you want to see applied to this stuff? Give me the sort of like the scope of Mandalorian, but give me that in a game because the Mandalorian okay. is already so much like a game. Who would you give that to though? Which studio could make that real? I wonder. Because I'm thinking, I mean, on the yeah. top tier, it's like Rockstar, Naughty Dog. They're, my t- they're the top two in the industry, I would say. Rockstar aren't but making they're not going to do anymore. No. Uh, you say this, but well, they made a Warriors game. You know what I mean? If they find yeah, something that's they, they want to do. That's, that's what I mean. But yeah. if they find something, Disney own a bunch of properties. They've got to have at least one or two. <laughs> uh, Rockstar are like, hang on, I wouldn't mind making Scarface that. 3. How many, yeah. how many did, did they sell more copies of GTA 5 last year than Warriors ever? Aye, but yeah. come on, give them a break. You know what I mean? Let the, them do the thing is, as imagine Rockstar being tied to any of these things. The thing that makes 
makes it remotely possible is that Dan Hauser has now left. Mm. So they don't have their um, lead creative writer anymore. They don't have that side. They have Sam Hauser, who's the, the number cruncher. Or maybe he's left because all they go do is GTA Online. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah that's like potentially like a whole separate thing. But I think that like the some of the more unique things that came out of um, Rockstar overall, a lot of them feel like they came from Dan Hauser, especially the the nuanced story in Red Dead 2 um, or even the stuff in GTA 5. Um, but yeah, Josh, who would you apply? Um, great question. I kind of want your... Th- I, want, I want a mix of both, right? I want mm. I want some smaller indie studios to take on the, the properties and mm-hmm. do something like John Wick Hex or, you know, the Mummy Demastered. Oh, but then John I want Wick me Hex. big AAA blockbusters because at the end of the day, that's what these Disney and Fox properties are. Right. So I want to see them, you know, done with all the bells and whistles because I kind of hate myself and I, as much as I <laughs> pretend... You want the Avengers, don't yeah, you? as much as I pretend to not like AAA <laughs> big budget games, I really like AAA big me, budget <laughs> games. Give me same, same. Predator, but the style of the new Hitman games. Ooh! Like, but you didn't have lots like, of jungle environments. Take some of the isolated bits from like Concrete Jungle and give me like a bit of a free roaming mm. sort of Predator game. They're yeah. pretty much, for me, they're almost bang on with Predator uh, Hunting Grounds, but I wish they would add like like the Mercs and the Xenoph- Xenomorphs yeah. as well. Um, are there any studios you wouldn't give it to? I wouldn't give it to Ubisoft. Uh, you know what? I, I would give it to Ubisoft okay. because over the past couple of months, I feel like they're more committed to creating interesting games now. Like hmm. Ubisoft a year or two ago, absolutely not. But I'm, I'm hoping they're going to get their act together. Wouldn't give anything to From Software. Ah, <laughs> ben Roy, it was so Ben Roy's continual hatred of the best game from last year has seeped into this podcast as well. Why wouldn't you give it to From Software? Because uh, it would be, be too good. Nah, because it'd just be so, like, you know, up itself and you'd have to, like, <laughs> maybe block some big guy with a stick I'm for half an hour. I'm so pleased this podcast is just about over. It is almost over, but um, imagine if From Software did, I don't know what they could do, a Predator game? Some sort of... No, they couldn't. Melee, no. why not? <laughs> because l- let's just have more Bloodborne and stuff like that. Let's not let's not taint Predator. Bloodborne is just a worse version of Sekiro. It's oh, it's Dark Souls it's with a dash. It's the superior game. It's not, though, is it's it? It's the best game they've ever Sekiro, made. Sekiro, it's almost in the name. You're both mad. It's true. What are you, you going to bust one out? I don't know. Let's get a From Software Simpsons game. I don't know. If we're, if we're Actually, being mad... Go on. We'll just have that. Well, that you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'll, that would be potentially great. I would mm-hmm. take a hack and slash Peter's bar. It might be better than Hit and Run. Yeah, stop busting out the mad stuff we've only got <laughs> a few minutes left you, you said Hit and Run was 5 out of 10 before we came and then you changed it to 4 out of 10 yeah time. probably 4 good lord you who wound knows, the man who knows what's going to be at the very end of the podcast <laughs> 3 out of 10 to you Alex then it's from, not good from software's Hit and Run I tell you Let's what we'll, uh, we'll end on a lovely question now I was supposed to ask this uh, at the very beginning and I completely forgot but I did uh, remember eventually now we do have the hashtag um, WCGP you can go over there leave some thoughts leave some questions leave whatever you like and we'll get round to it eventually um, now a few people have sent some questions Questions in this one uh, is from Nicholas Coombs. Um, he says, "What would a game about the what culture gaming family look like? What genre is it? Who is playable? Who are NPCs? Who are the bosses? Use your imagination." Now, I'm going to immediately say that Jules is the boss. Jules is the boss. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you know Jules isn't actually a boss. But untitled uh, Goose Game, but Jules is like the goose. <laughs> you know what I mean, something like that would work. Or no. uh, for me, it's a sort of surgeon simulator style yeah. thing where you're just kind of flailing all yeah. over the place, yeah. and eventually I'll fix this person. There's up. never enough. <laughs> D cards and it's just you're always trying to set the it's, studio up something's always missing it's probably more like an overcooked for me oh yeah you're always I, running I, around I, like little Ben Roy running from the studio running back to his desk <laughs> answering slack running back setting someone up sort of thing trying, to, trying to sneak out for lunch it'll well, be a, uh, on fire. Yeah. yeah literally like at a sim style top down thing where like you and Rich are forever in demand and Phil as well like trying yeah. to set everybody up at once um, yeah I would take that what else it was uh, what genre is it I'm going to go top down god game populist style I don't know what that surgeon simulator style even is but just first person flail the first person flail them up yeah I think we've um, got some good picks here mm-hmm. or maybe even like uh, 
uh, like a theme hospital style, just like yeah. content creation like yeah. style thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just um, like build an office. Lastly, who's playable? Also, this, this is perfect. This is where it becomes a live service because everyone <laughs> currently employed is already playable. Then whoever joins <laughs> afterwards is DLC uh, extras. Oh god! Like, if you did it like Dead or Alive six style, where you, or five style, where you just pick, you pay for one one, you get the Josh version, the Ben Roy <laughs> version, the Scott version, and you buy and plug in different characters. We've become everything we no, hate. No, make them Good. start as me because they want to buy you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the freemium version. Yeah. Good. But yeah, um, you let us know. I, I, every time I want to say, let us know what you think down in the comments because we say it at the end of every single recording. That's you can't, you no, can't, you can't do that. Come find us on social media and let us know what you think and use the hashtag WCGP to leave us some questions and we'll get to them next time. For now though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. No more from Software Games Royal, please. You'll get one every year. Josh Brown? <laughs> Goodbye. The What Culture um, game would be definitely a Raid Shadow Legends game, I think. Oh, most likely, yeah. Freemium, <laughs> get your coins in the description below that doesn't exist. There you go. Bye, though. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.